Peace be with you. Now, Porter, I thought you were out of town now. Okay, well, it's good to see you, but I thought, you know, last, last week or so that you were graduated and out of here, and I didn't get to see you, so I was going, well, bio con Dios, amigo, and, but, all right, I, I noticed, all right, <laughs> God bless you, buddy. Now, who should I pick on? Hmm, do we have any naughty ones in this room? Any, okay, now, you, these are knitters, not, because everybody ought to be raising their hand on that one, right? Do we have any knitters in here? Helen, may I have the knitters come up, please, and stand with me for a minute, please? Yeah, you have to. Pastor said so. I'm kind of a big deal here. Come on, everyone that's knits, come on. I'm sorry. This is important. This is God's work, and I'm not kidding you. I, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell. Eldred said, what did we do wrong? It sounds like a guilty conscience to me. That's why you and I get along so well, because whenever you get, I get called to the carpet, I'm like, uh-oh, what could it be? So, no. This is a praise report, and this is oftentimes when we pray, oftentimes um, when we are working in the kingdom, uh, you know, for God and for his people, we wonder, is it making a difference? Does it matter? Does anyone notice? Not that we, for notice sake that we want to do that, but is this blessing someone? And I'm here to tell you that yes. You all have blessed many people, some uh, that we don't know about, but I have one in particular that we do. This gentleman right here, I'm going to go every other one here, maybe when you go and, and sit down. That man there, his name is Charles, and Charles is an acquaintance of Teresa and Jeff's uh, children and special to them. And Charles is undergoing chemotherapy. And he is in this picture, and as they go and sit down, they'll share it with you guys to take a look. He's wearing this, this beautiful prayer shawl above him, and he loves it. It comforts him. And what he loves very, very much about that is that it was made by God's children, extensions of God's healing hands, and he also really liked the card that is put in these things. He liked the card so much that Charles would put it in his pocket. He said it's by his heart. And it's a prayer. And it points the fingers not to the knitters, but to the Lord. And it matters. And this man loves that shawl. He met somebody that was in despair. And he thought that she needed some encouragement. So he gave her, and she put it in her pocket. And Charles missed it, didn't he? And so 
some other some naughty knitters got Charles uh, another card that he can put in his pocket. That is the kind of thing that you all are participating in. That is the kind of thing that we all say, Alleluia, praise God, and thank you. And yes. Yeah. Um, I would like to call people up if they, if they are able to and, and wish to to come and place a hand on them and, and let's just pray over them. And uh, yes, ma'am. So we're all connected here. Okay, here we go. Heavenly Father, Daddy, we thank you for being invited to be a part of your ministry and a part of um, your will. And Daddy, thank you for equipping these uh, saints here uh, with the gift of being able to knit and the prayers that go into it and the fellowship that they experience and the joy and the laughter that comes from that room when they get together every other week, those naughty ones. Daddy, thank you for them. We thank you for Charles and all who have received these blankets. May they be a comfort to them. May they know that they are not alone in a very lonely time, but there are people they've never even met that are praying for them. So, Daddy, we pray a blessing upon this group. We pray a blessing upon all the recipients. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. All right, thank you. Bunch of rock stars, I tell you what. Naughty, yeah, naughty rock stars. Yeah, you were all excited about being naughty. See this? Mm-hmm. That's my portable prayer Yeah. It's a little bitty banky. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Chow. Pastor. Yeah. Um, I have something to say to you. Yeah. Uh, all of the children with UCI Medical Center, the newborn daddy, they very, the parents, they very appreciate that the preschool in our church been sending all the blankets to the daddy. Yeah. Hat, the boots. To the, to the newborn daddy. In the ICU. Yes, and they very appreciate for that. But uh, my mistake, I didn't bring it to you. That's okay. Yeah, beautiful. Mama Chow just reported in, too, that it, it, this is the ICU. At, uh, one more time, the hospital is that it's going to? UCI Medical, UCI Medical Center for the babies that are there in the, in the baby NICU, I guess it would be, right? And um, they, there are uh, caps and blankets and booties and so forth. And, the, and, and Mama Chow said, I needed to tell you all that that's a beautiful comfort too. So we include those babies and their parents in this blessing that the Lord has given us to give to others. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you, Mama Chow. Okay, well, I don't know, we can do about 15 more minutes of uh, announcements maybe, huh? Will you stand and let us sing as unto the Lord? Uh, our guest, Bang, is here today. Thank you, Bang. 
And uh, we are singing How Firm a Foundation, page 507. Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. We 
Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Keep your family, the church, continually in the true faith that 
relying on the hope of your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 3 through 10. And this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1152. Isaiah is speaking for God, addressing religious hypocrisy. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The second reading is taken from Psalm 112, verses one through nine, and we'll read it responsively. It's printed in your bulletin. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord.
They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. And this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1773. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows what a person's thoughts, who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For, quote, who, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. According to St. Matthew from the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The gospel reading this morning is from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 20, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1501. 
Matthew 5, 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by foot. You are the light of the world. A tower built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, and you've heard me, I love this phrase, and it even caused a chuckle in the men's group yesterday. Paul said, I resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let me take you on a little journey here. At the beginning of the new year, and we're kind of young into it. It is traditional for some that we make resolutions. And resolutions are promises concerning things that we will try to accomplish in the year to come. Usually they have to do with losing weight or something such as that. A wise man once made a list of resolutions that I'd like to share with you today, and I believe that they are resolutions that will help to ensure that we all have a happy and a prosperous new year. Are you ready? Hmm? Okay. Here's your list to happiness. In the new year, in the new year, be sure 
to lie, cheat, drink, swear, and steal. More than you did last year. Lie. Lie back and relax just a little more this year. Let a little more life happen to you without so much worry. Cheat. Failure. Cheat. Failure. Don't be afraid to try something new because you think you, may, you might fail. It is through failure that we learn the most valuable lessons. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. Many people around you have already been down roads that you are about to travel. Learn from them, from their mistakes and their successes, and take what they learned and use it. Swear to do your best all the time in every situation. That is all anybody will ever ask. Steal a little time for God. Every day, take a little more time to develop your relationship with God. And so if you lie, if you cheat, and you drink and swear and steal just a little more this next year, you will have a profitable and an enjoyable life. May God bless you in the new year. I think it's time I better say a prayer right now. Heavenly Father, boy, I hope they heard what I intended them to hear. And I pray, Father, that you uh, would work a miracle in each and every heart. Lord, help us to live this year in a way that will be pleasing to you. Amen. And now for the meat. 1 Corinthians 2. It's kind of a letter to me, a letter to you. Let's listen in on this advice. Did you know that church is not a popularity contest? Did you know that it's not about who you know or what you know or what you can do for God and in the same way, preaching is not a popularity contest. It's not about what you know. It's not about what and how well you speak. It's not about what stories or jokes or wordsmithing you can do for your hearers. Preaching is not about the elaborate sermon series. I'm talking to me in that part. It's all about Jesus and him crucified, risen from the dead for you, for the life of the whole world, proclaimed to you and to me. That's what preaching's about. Pastors are to preach the word in season and out of season. They are to correct, to rebuke, and to reprove 
with all manner of gentleness and teaching. And honestly, there's not much popularity in that. Not with the people, not with the world. And yet, in order for a pastor to do his job, he is to speak, he is to use his mouth, and oh Lord, how dangerous that is. It's dangerous work because the tongue is a fire. It is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. You know that and I know that. Things that we say, oh, they can destroy Our mouths can be a two-edged sword. With one breath, we can bless. And on the other, we can curse. We, well, but even then there is a greater temptation for this pastor, any pastor, to tell you what is popular. It's a temptation to connect with you and our modern ways of thinking and what we accept today as a society. I want to be a wet blanket. I want to be kind of cool, right? If I tell them the truth, that's a problem. We strive as pastors to remain faithful, but the old Adam is always there to tell us to itch your ears to tell you the things that you want to hear, the things that are not about Jesus and all his blessed life-giving death and resurrection for you. There is a temptation for this pastor to speak something else. But none of you are off the hook either. In the end... I'm sure you'd rather your pastor be the one who is a bit more edgy or popular or who will tell you at least something that will keep you awake. Could be saying, tell us something, anything, than what we already know, pastor. Yeah, yeah, we know that Jesus was crucified for us. Yes, we know that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Yes, pastor. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Yet that whole Jesus on the cross thing was so last week. And the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that. Give us something fresh. Give us something relevant. Give us something meaningful. Quit pointing to the gory dead God on the cross and give me a Jesus that is just all right by me. I hear a song in that. Jesus is just all right by me. Okay, stop singing, Pastor. I beg you, have mercy. 
Give me a God, Pastor, who fits how I want little G God to be, just like myself. A God who will not look upon the secret sins of my life saying that I deserve death. A little G God who will not require punishment and the shedding of the blood to pay for what I've done. But a little G God who is my best buddy, my bosom pal. And yet, Scripture says, the foolishness of a man ruins it ruins his way, and his heart rages against the Lord. My foolishness, my heart rages in its natural state against the Lord, and so does yours. This is why Paul grounds both the pastor and you, the hearer, with our reading from today. Paul said, and when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, I was with you in fear, and in much trembling. And my message, my preaching, were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Now, pastors are sent to preach the living and the active word of God so that the prophet who once foretold might remain true. This is from Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. Isaiah wrote, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth, and it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire. So says the Lord. Now, preaching the cross is really preaching the true power of God. And by this preaching, God sends and accomplishes what he desires. And what he desires is the forgiveness of sins for you and for me. For the blood Jesus speaks, from the blood Jesus speaks, pardon on your behalf. And there's nothing flashy or flashing. There is no fog machine, no bait and switch. In that proclamation, there is nothing but the inspiration of the pure gospel. It's power from the bloody pulpit of the cross where it is heard, where Jesus said, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. Jesus must be the preaching. Jesus must be the preaching, for only Jesus does the dying and the rising for you and for me. Now, Paul did it with fear and trembling, being totally counterculture. What a lonely place that must have been for him, we can imagine, going against what the culture says is right and true. In fact, Paul lost his life because of it. You know, the Lord uses the foolish things of the world to overcome that which is wise. He uses the weak things of the world to overcome that which is strong. And we should, all who have ears to hear, forget what we want, forget what is popular. And in our preaching and in our hearing, it must always be this. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Show us him on the cross. Show him alive again. Please proclaim to me that I am forgiven, and you are. You are forgiven. Let us see and hear him so that we may know and receive the power of God. For we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And it is only by this faith that we can truly respond. We say it in a service, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. That's not just something nice that we say. That's the power of the gospel. Now this steady diet that God has called his servants to proclaim to his people, here I stand, and I shall do no less for you, my beloved. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He descended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning to praise your holy name and appeal to your mercies by our prayers, perfected through your Holy Spirit and by the grace of your Son, Jesus, who stands as our Redeemer before you. Heavenly Father, you already have been hearing our constant personal prayers all week and know our troubles, disgust, and despair regarding, especially, the behavior of our leaders and elected representatives in our government, the extent and depth of the sin around us and committed by us is clouding the joy and brightness of your creation and the blessings you have given the United States. We're drowning in the hate and lies spewing forth from our various leaders and information media and are constantly exposed to the worst possible examples of childishness, contempt, and disrespect through temper tantrums, language, unbridled anger, and attacks on each other, and self-righteous indignation. We worry for the future of our nation, which has become strongly divided. But even more, we worry about the bad examples and poor lessons being taught to our children, which will manifest in their future. Supposedly, the most respected members of our society are displaying the most disrespectful behavior with stubbornness we might expect from three-year-olds. We should know that this nonsense and evil will perpetuate in the future generations if continued unchecked. We should be able to see the fruits of our poor lessons in the anger and hatred displayed in schools, but we are blind by our own attitudes. Holy Spirit, Please open our eyes to see what we are doing. Help us remember our guilt and not to cast the first stone, nor judge others, lest we be judged. And that we remember to forgive the trespasses of others as you forgive ours against you. And Holy Father, we know that parents and teachers deal with such poor behavior as we are witnessing with timeouts, at least in the past. We pray that you would not place our nation in a divine timeout, as you have already done to the Israelites in biblical past. Not just yet, anyway, even though we surely deserve it. Please humble our leaders and citizens 
and allow us to correct our own path and provide the wisdom to do so. We also pray for all who have encountered tragedy recently. There's no shortage of bad news in our lives, but even so, help us focus on the good news of our salvation through your Son. Please, Holy Spirit, help us comfort those around us facing the death of loved ones with the perfect hope in Christ and help us carry the burdens of the distraught. Lord God Almighty, we are humbled, awed, and fearful of the power of your creation. As we begin to realize that a virus agent smaller than a single cell, too small to be seen without powerful microscopes, can travel around the world and kill the largest and most powerful human beings, we are frightened. Thank you for the reminder that the biggest noise with smoke and fire isn't always the most powerful of your creation, nor most threatening. Please help the various nations on earth put aside their differences of politics, race, creed, or language, and work together for the safety of all. Let this common enemy bring us all closer together. Of course, we pray for military, police, and fire who are all facing danger on a daily basis. With all the negativity surrounding us, we're grateful and thank you, Holy Spirit, for encouraging us to share our love with those around us on the coming Valentine's Day and speak words of encouragement and appreciation for family, friends, and spouses. Thank you especially and always for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. We now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Finally, as we leave the sanctuary today, we pray that we remember for more than a few minutes that we are all part of the body of Christ and are his representatives. As Christians, Holy Spirit, help us curb our thoughts and tongues and not return anger for anger, but act as Jesus would want us to. Help us leave as better Christians than when we arrived this morning. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let's share the peace.
pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, and that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body, broken and given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood. Shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection until he comes again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. It really is about you, this part, this beautiful meal, his blood, his body for you, shed for you, broken for you. And that's a gift. And that is a result of Christ and him crucified. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you up.
So what'd you hear in church today? Well, pastor said we should lie more, cheat more, drink more, swear more, and steal more than we did last year. Huh. You all are just too good to me. (laughs) And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us sing together as unto the Lord. Our closing hymn is on what has now been sown.